October 19th. Our reading in the New Testament today is from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, where we are exhorted, Watch yourself. Satan is at work spreading false doctrine. He never gives up. And his ministers are already in the church. God's servants must preach the truth and fight the devil's lies. Declaring war may not make us popular, but it will keep us faithful and will have God's approval. Exercise yourself. See if believers would put as much effort into the spiritual life as they do their recreation and hobbies, what a difference it would make. Physical exercise is important, but spiritual exercise is even more essential. Both discipline and devotion are needed to make a winning athlete and an effective Christian. So give yourself. We'll learn as we read here it takes real effort to grow in the Christian life and be successful in Christian service. God asks for our wholehearted surrender, no matter what the cost. Well, ponder these admonitions that Paul wrote to Timothy. See how they apply in your life. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 19th, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Now the Holy Spirit tells us, believers, clearly, that in the last times some will turn away from what we believe. They will follow lying spirits and teachings that come from demons. These teachers are hypocrites and liars. They pretend to be religious, but their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanksgiving by people who know and believe the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it. We may receive it gladly with thankful hearts, for we know it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. If you explain this to the brothers and sisters, you will be doing your duty as a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is fed by the message of faith and the true teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is much more important. Brit promises a reward in both this life and the next. This is true, and everyone should accept it. We work hard and suffer much in order that people will believe the truth. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and particularly of those who believe. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you teach, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken to you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right, and God will save you and those who hear you. 
Psalm 89. In Isaiah basically saying the world is falling apart staring back at Israel saying judgment is turned away backward and justice stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter what's a God to do and he saw that there was no man and he wondered that there was no intercessor an intercessor basically means one who fills the gap. If you have a walled city and there is a hole in the walled city, you know, just this little part that is like broken down. It's like a pile of rubble. And actually, you can sneak through it. You know, there's a vulnerability in a time of war. If you have an enemy, what's an enemy looking for? The gate, to try and scale the gate. They're looking for breaches or holes in the wall. They're not stupid. They're not going to waste their time going through the front door when they can go through a side little broken down breach. So the enemy, by his very nature, is constantly watching the integrity of the wall. He's looking for holes. We have massive holes in our life that give the enemy access to do with our life what he sees fit to do. We can say, that's horrible. I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're a Christian with breaches. You are not supposed to be a Christian with breaches. One of the key definitions of Christianity could be a man or a woman who, whose walls are repaired, who is made strong. Why? So that they are useful to God and they're not just constantly inwardly fighting demons. They can be outward focused. God says to Israel, I will bless you so that you can become a blessing to the nations. God's pattern is to make you strong so that you're useful. There is a hedge that is supposed to be built up around your life, and it very likely isn't. You need a strong man. You need someone who can step in and fight off that enemy to make you strong so that you can start focusing outward instead of on your own issues. Most of us as Christians, the church is so weak because we have literally less than 1% of our time that is able to focus outward because we are so caught up in our issues and our difficulties. Even the healthiest among us, we have issues. We have difficulties, whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whether it's health, we have issues. And there's a dying world out there. You know that 150, estimated 150,000 people died and went to hell today? Let's think about this. What did we all do about it? Did we take a step forward in beginning to do something about it? Or are we just stemming the tide from our life falling apart even more than it is? We are living on the defensive instead of the offensive. What we need is the same thing God was looking for back then. The walls are broken down. The city is in disrepair. Israel is, is without a defender. Where's the intercessor? You know who Jesus Christ was? In a nutshell, 
is the intercessor. He's the man who stands in the gap. He's the strong man who came and took the full blow upon himself so that we could gather our wits spiritually and awaken and say, I'm in. Thank you for rescuing me. Literally, he took the blow. Everything that was aimed right at you to absolutely decimate your life, he took it square on. Without even a whimper, he took it for the joy that was set before him because he valued you so much. He took the blow. See, one of the things that happens with the life of Jesus, we have a tendency to make him a mousy character. We have a tendency to diminish his manly strength. We are talking about the greatest warrior of all time. In the Old Testament, the term is Lord of hosts, the captain of captains, the general of generals. And he's a general that led his troops into battle with his own life. He's the one that did it. All the rest of the army was cowering in the background. They couldn't fight this army. And he stood up single-handedly and defeated them. That is our intercessor. That is our king. In the same way that he stood for you then, I want you to know, he still stands for you now. When you behold the cross, and you behold the resurrected Christ, and when you behold the ascended Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father, you no longer will just remain where you are. You will say, God, do it all within me. For your glory, make me strong. Make me strong to give. God is looking for an intercessor, someone who will make up this breach. We need to become a body that is thinking about every single one around us, as opposed to ourselves. Coming to church going, I need to be prayed for this week. What about who can I pray for this week? Just a different mindset. It's not what this church can do for you, but what you can do for Jesus Christ and this church. Think of that attitude shift, saying, God, you made this life and you have called me for more than just to save me. You have rescued me so that I could become a rescuer. Who needs rescue? Who needs help? Who needs me to stand in the gap and take the hit? That's the attitude. It's not your skin and how you can save it. It's how you can spend it for his glory. His glory. For his glory. Verses 1 through 13. God made a covenant with David that he would always have a descendant on his throne and that the Davidic line would rule forever. But Ethan, the Ezrahite, had a problem. One of the Davidic kings had been defeated in war and had lost his throne. It seemed to Ethan that God had broken his covenant and that God was not faithful to his people. Faithfulness is a key word in this psalm that we're going to read here. God's faithfulness is seen from generation to generation among his people and in his creation. His faithfulness is seen among the nations and toward David and his family. Ethan knew all of this because he knew the scriptures. But recent events seem to deny the truthfulness of the covenant and the faithfulness of the Lord. Ethan's problem was caused by spiritual short-sightedness. The ultimate fulfillment of the Davidic covenant is, of course, in Jesus Christ, the son of David, and he will reign forever and ever. 
Listen, God's faithfulness does not fail. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. A psalm of Ethan the Ezrahite. I will sing of the tender mercies of the Lord forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a solemn agreement with David my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. All heaven will praise your miracles, Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than those who surround His throne. O Lord God Almighty! Where is there anyone as mighty as You, Lord? Faithfulness is Your very character. You are the one who rules the oceans. When their waves rise in fearful storms, You subdue them. You are the one who crushed the great sea monster. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours, and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south. Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon praise your name. Powerful is your arm. Strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Proverbs 25, verses 23 and 24. As surely as a wind from the north brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a contentious wife in a lovely home.